Arr, pirate fans, it's time to find out the state of the ship of your defending champions for the 2022 season with your hosts, Johnny Wilbur and Jake Ignazuski. And now, brought to you by Resonate, it's the state of the ship. Welcome back into the state of the pirate ship. Greatly appreciate everybody tuning into this week's episode. I am your host, Pirates Insider Jake Ignazuski, and this week we have a very special guest. He's the founder of Spiked Performance Consulting, and he also is the mental performance consultant for the Pirates. I'm here with David Marsh. So, David, first of all, how's the season been going so far? Um, so far, I mean, the Pirates are up one. You know, I'm starting off the the year right. So, you know, from a performance standpoint, or from from a number standpoint, it's looking good. Couldn't agree more. And, uh, you know, one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to talk to you today is obviously, like, most people look at the physical health as being very important. But in my opinion, it's the physical health and the mental health, uh, which are equally important. And for the most part, when you see what the guys do out on the field, most of that comes internally within how they're feeling mentally. And so um, for your specific role with the Pirates, when people hear mental performance coach, sometimes they don't really understand or get to hear about the all the ins and outs of everything that you do for the players in the organization. So if you could just explain a little bit that for the listeners. Yeah, I mean, I think to your point, um, the mental side of life is, is extremely important. Your brain is essentially a computer. Um, and I say that to say, you know, um, computers get updates all the time, firmware or whatever, if that's the correct terminology. Your phone gets updates all the time over the updates. Um, and so we're constantly learning. We're constantly trying to make things better. And then also um, there's a mind, body and spirit connection. And so you can't have one without the other. Or it's, it's, it's very irresponsible to pay attention or nurture and foster one and not the other. And so... <clears throat> In terms of my role here, um, I'm the person or I'm the coach that essentially helps people fine-tune their brain to connect with their body so they can perform to the best of their ability as often as they can. Um, you know, and, and sometimes that looks differently. You know, it could be a one-on-one -on -one session. It could be a five-minute, 30-second conversation, you know, um, that changes someone's outlook on a particular uh, performance topic or, or an issue that they may be dealing with and so you know what I do presents um, a couple of different ways and it's it's a lot of behind the scenes work you know consultants uh, mental skills coaches um, a lot of the work we do is not visible which is you know similarly in the clinical world as I'm a counselor you know um, there's confidentiality to it and then you know everything's kind of behind a closed door Makes sense, and especially like when, when looking at sports and, and sometimes with men as well, it's, it's tough for men to open up, be vulnerable, and, and talk about their feelings at times. And uh, especially like when you get new players in and that sort of stuff, um, how do you try to help them feel comfortable uh, and, and understand like how you can help them out? Yeah, it's interesting you bring that up about you know um, how males talk about their emotions. I was just speaking at a conference yesterday, and. Um, um, that came up, I actually brought that point up in terms of talking about body image and performance, um, you know, as a, as a mental obstacle that also becomes, you know, sometimes a physical obstacle. And so for me, how I approach the work is everything's built on a relationship. 
you know, all journeys with people are built on a relationship, you know, whether it be business, whether it be personal. Um, and so for me, it's all about establishing a connection, some kind of connection, some kind of understanding, right? Um, some framework and foundation in which good work can be done on. Um, and so that's how I like to bring myself to the party, so to speak, you know, got to be present as often as possible. And then, you know, just for me, I just bring my true self to the party. You know, I care about the work I do deeply. And once I start working with people, I care about them deeply. I mean, I care about people in general. Um, but, you know, this being my second year in the Pirates organization, I have a lot of love and respect for Jawad and his family and a lot of respect for the coaching staff here um, and the culture that they're breeding. And, um, you know, for me, I just try to stay connected to the people, which is in turn connected to my work and, and it fuels the work I do. So long-winded um, how I help people feel welcome. Really, this is their home, right? And I come in as somebody who <clears throat> only wants to help make things better for each individual. So that way the community, you know, the Pirates community, the you know, at least the performance side of it is in a better state. Very true. I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, obviously, like, it's, it's amazing what the Pirates have, have built uh, throughout the last year. Obviously, they, they won the championship last year. But I'm, I'm curious because you were with the team last season, uh, especially early on. You know, they started the season three and three. Um, and now, obviously, they're on a 12-game winning streak. But going through those lows can sometimes, you know, um, minimize some of the players' confidence going into the next game or um, uh, hurt sort of their mental strength or their mental performance on the field. And so how, during that instance, were you able to help the guys um, be able to build up that confidence and, and be able to help them um, perform at a high level, even though maybe in the standings they, they were losing a little bit? You know, I want to say that early on, um, from my lenses, not the ones I got on today, uh, from the performance lenses, I I could see and I could tell that others could see as well in terms of the, the coaching staff that you had. Um, there was an, a unique group of men assembled. And so even through the losses, I think everybody knew that this was a damn good team, if I could say that. You know, um, in that it had championship potential. I mean, I, I remember having a conversation um, early on, saying, "You know, I've been I've been around some winning some winning bodies of people, some winning groups of people, and uh, you know, I, it, got, it gave me that feel early on. <clears throat> and so, you know, um, I didn't see a lot from from what I saw. I didn't see a whole lot of, of head hanging, you know, and then." You know, as as the season progressed and the fellows got to know each other more, um, you can see the social component of performance and things, the, the factors that help a team become a team, become a cohesive unit and um, a unit that performs at an optimal level. You saw those things start to come into place, you know. And so I thought that was remarkable. I thought that was... Um, part of the formula for something special here in Worcester. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. And, and especially if specific <coughs> players, you know, aren't, um, you know, performing to their potential in their minds or um, may, maybe struggling a little bit, how do you how do you help them through your work um, and through maybe some of those one-on-one -on -one sessions or, or those short conversations, um, help them be able to, through their mental performance, be, be able to build back up that confidence if they're not feeling that well about themselves? 
Yeah, I mean, so firstly, the work that I'm here to do only works if somebody wants to do it or engage in it with me. If they want to allow me that space to come in and and help, you know. And so that that's first and foremost <clears throat> with the work that I do. And then secondly, um, it's all a matter of sitting down, like I said, developing a relationship, developing an understanding um, as comprehensive of an understanding as I can about what's going on. And then I can start to develop a plan that that we can roll out together and practice. It's it's So mental skills are just like physical skills. You have to practice them. You know, you need to learn about them. You need to believe in what you're doing and you need to practice. And so in short, that's the skeleton of it. Um, but for sport and performance psychology, you know, we deal with a host of things, a host of performance issues, whether it be anxiety, whether it be um, the quality of the relationships between two players, three players, a player and a coach. Um, so in general, those are some of the things that we speak to, confidence, culture. Um, those are some of the things that we speak to, work on either individually or, or collectively or in a group setting. Um, and again, like I said, sometimes it, it may not even be a planned session, you know. It's arena football, so, you know, you might catch a guy. Uh, I go to practices sometimes, right? And so you might catch a guy leaning over the boards and, what up, Dave, you know. And, you know, I might see him later in the practice and say, how you doing, man? You, you know, hey, man, you know, X, Y, Z. You know, you might talk about family. You might talk about, you know, an injury that, that's plaguing or, or something other like, you know. And, and this field is so powerful. Sometimes when you have that little bit of time, you really have to be very intentional very focused um, and bring all of you to it you know and so that's that's what I try to do I try to do my best I try to do no harm um, you know I just try to contribute to you know the, the well-being of each individual that I get a chance to speak to and even if I you know I'm a smiley guy so you might catch me smiling a lot you know that's just part of what I bring to the party so um, those are some of the little things that I do. I've given you all my sauce. You know, those are some of the things that I do um, to kind of to further the performance agenda. Yeah, I, I think that's so important too, especially being able to have that person on a team where you're able to go to and um, be able to, you know, push things by them as, as well as uh, you know, be able to have that person or that outlet that you're able to be vulnerable with. Because you know, you sometimes see, as we talked about with men's mental health, you know, you sometimes see even close friends, close family, they, they don't fully feel comfortable to um, let out all their feelings. And to be able to have somebody like yourself on the team is, is definitely super duper important so then they can be at their peak performance on the field. You, you brought up earlier in the interview uh, about how passionate about, you, about this stuff that you are and um, how important this work is to you. And so how did you first start getting into not only um, mental health skills and, and also uh, counseling performance as well? Yeah, so for me, I grew up in um, a place about an hour away from here called Mattapan. It's in Boston, a town in the city of Boston. Um, and so at a certain age, I started to, I was, I was relatively young. This was before high school, I think middle school. I started to recognize, because this is an area where you, you got a lot of crime. Um, and so I, I started seeing different behaviors in some, some people that were younger than me um, that didn't quite you know, didn't quite make a lot of sense to me why over time things didn't get better. Things sometimes got worse. And so for me, I used to be a system thinker. I used to be probably deeper than I am now, I would say, um, 
in some ways as a child. And so I used to think about the system. I used to think about the mental health system or the healthcare system as I learned more. Um, <clears throat> and so for me, I kind of naturally drifted into the world of service. You know, my first job was with the Boston Youth Fund. Shout out Mayor Menino, rest in peace. Um, and I was a counselor. My, ne my next job, I was a peer counselor. You know what I mean? And so my senior capstone project in high school was, I think, about the inadequacies in the mental health field um, in inner cities. And so, you know, for me, I just kept falling into that. I went to college, studied psychology, ended up getting a job. I kind of climbed the ranks in, ter in terms of, I think I did everything you could do before you become um, an actual counselor, you know, a licensed professional. Um, and so while in college, I, got, I was exposed to um, sports psychology formally. So I want to let everybody know that if you're an athlete, if you're a performer, and even if you're not, you have used a mental skill that, come, that you can find in the sports psychology world or in the, the, the clinical psychology world. Guarantee it, whether it's talking to yourself in a negative way or in a positive way. Um, you've used a skill, goal setting, you've used a skill, guarantee it. And so, um, back, to, back to the point I kind of got off a little bit, but so I got formally introduced to, men, to mental skills training um, by someone who wasn't a sports psychology practitioner, they introduced us to it, and I had already been using this stuff um, without really knowing it. And so once I got a taste of that, I was like, okay, wow, all right. Um, visualization, visualization. That was like something that I learned um, and it was powerful, man. It was powerful. And so once I learned that, by happenstance, um, happen chance, I found uh, an athletic director came in and I don't know how we got to talking about sports psychology, but he, he introduced me to a woman, Dr. Amy Baltzell, Um from Boston University um, and I spoke to I got in touch with her early I was still an undergrad so she's like oh this is a graduate program so you know blah blah, blah. and I was like okay a year later I popped back up in the inbox Doo -doo -doo -doo. oh wow this dude you know um, so I drove into Boston from I went to school in Central Mass um, Anna Maria I drove into Boston for an, just to sit down and talk because I really believe in talking with people um at some point, I applied. I got into the, the counseling and sport psychology, sport and performance psychology grad program at BU. Um, it was a difficult program. Um, I loved every second of most of it, and um, you know, I never looked back since. She told me you got the keys to the car once I got my degree, and you know, from then I just kind of started figuring out how I could do my own thing. Um, while I, while after I got out of school, you know, I became a counselor. I did some in-home family therapy for a couple of years, um, transitioned to the adult world um, as a clinician, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm still moving. I'm still shaking in the clinical world, you know. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how I got into sport and performance psychology. I kind of tripped and fell into it, and. Uh, I got really lucky to, to meet some people that could kind of help point me in the right direction. And then from there, you know, fate be it or the higher power be it, you know, because um, I'm not a school guy. 
I got into a, a great program and I met some great people and I got to do some great things and, and you know, I hope that I can continue to do good or great things and improve, you know. Um, but that's that's kind of how I got it shaken. That's really inspirational, man. Because um, I've, I've done a little bit of manifestation stuff in my past and, you know, I, I sort of visualized this. I visualized myself being a digital host or a team reporter for for a sports team um i, I remember a year ago like I, I could visualize myself doing it with, with the microphone in my hand just like this and um especially to where you got to where you are today um for for people who are watching and listening they're definitely very inspired by, by your story and um, i'm curious what what inspired you so much um to get into sports psychology because it's it's so interesting with how like we talked about before how um, the mental performance connects so much with the physical performance and um, I, I feel like it's a subject that isn't talked about nearly enough so I'm just want, I'm just curious what, what made you so intrigued by it. So for me, um, you know, I like the hard sciences um, but I've spent a lot of time and money on education for the soft sciences, sciences, mental health, sports psychology. Um, to me, it was just very attractive kind of to me it's kind of like the rock stars of the clinical world some might argue differently but I love it you know so for me it's once I got a taste of doing the work it didn't feel like work um it's just a feeling that I want to continue to chase you know for the rest of my life and so um once I had my first team which was a college track and field team you know that kind of similarly to when I was doing family therapy like being able to connect I value relationships being able to connect develop connections and to be able to be of service and help people along the way um, it's powerful stuff when you can do it and when you can do it well um, and you know it's just something that I think that um, as long as I can do it and it doesn't feel like work, then why stop? You know, so for me, um, so it goes, I got introduced to it, I felt its actual power, its efficacy. I want to preach that, I do, I did and I do. Um, so I kind of just want to continue to keep preaching um, that good word of sports psych, you know, mental skills. They do work, you're using them, they have worked, you know, so that's kind of where I'm at with it. And that's how I got, that's why I stayed in this, in this um, field. And, you know, statistically speaking, it was three years ago, maybe like six years ago, it was 3% of people who study sports psychology actually make a living of it, you know, on it, from it. And so, yeah, even knowing that, um, even knowing that, I still, I still chase it, you know. Um, it's so, it's like life, but you got to fight for what you want. And I tell kids, you know, I was working in a public school. I do some work in public schools. Um, and so, like, I was telling some of the kids I was working with, like, you got to fight for the rest of your life. You know, and I don't mean all your life you'll have to fight. I mean, for the life you want, you'll have to fight for it. So, for the rest of your life, the life you want, you got to fight for it. And so, you know, for me, this is one of those things where, you know, there's something I want for the rest of my life. If there's a girl or a guy you want for the rest of your life, you're going to have to do things. You know, if there's a career you want, you're going to have to do things, right? Um, if there's a house you want, you're going to have to do things for that. 
you know um if there's a state of mind you want you're gonna have to work for it you know what i mean so that just speaks to the power of the mind i believe in the power of the mind i believe in what i do i believe in sports psychology um counseling because that that presents or works in in many forms so you know long story short that is why i'm in the field i'm in I just think it's so important and you know lastly um, I want to give you the opportunity to talk a little bit about your company uh, Spike Performance Consulting um, what, what you do with them um, as well yeah so Spike Performance Consulting was a brainchild of mine um, and what how it functions is it provides sport and performance psychology consulting services as well as <clears throat> character development services. And that comes in the form of, interwoven in that is teaching personal and social responsibility, um, which is a motto from this great guy, Don Hellison, which I picked up from um, Dr. J. Mack, Dr. John McCarthy, shout out to J. Uh, Mack, great guy. Um, and so, it can present in one way or two ways I can present just or serve just one service the performance out of it I could present or service or render the character development side of it or they can be interwoven you know naturally in, mo in a lot of instances they get interwoven even if somebody wants just one unless somebody really just wants one then that's just what it's going to be you know elite athletes tend to want excuse me, solutions quickly. So that's kind of how that goes when you're dealing with, you know, elite college, well, elite athletes at whatever age, doesn't matter. Um, and so the other side of it is, um, well, the at the kind of, the zipper that kind of holds it all together behind the scenes is, you know, there's a, a strong community service um, bone that runs through the company's body. I like to do work with youth. You know, in the past year, we kind of got away from that a little bit. COVID, past two years, you know, I was doing some, some work with the Boston Public School System right before COVID came, and, and you know, that kind of capsized the boat a little bit. Um, maybe I can get back to that. Who knows? But, you know, um, there's a strong community service bone in, in the company, and uh, we like to do positive youth development work. Um done some work with youth lacrosse which once was uh metro lacrosse it's now harlem lacrosse um and for me even so so my clinical and sport intersection which lives in the company is you know contributing to positive identity development um and in law it mostly pertains to young black and brown kids that are subject to areas of high crime so areas like i'm from Mattapan, dorchester roxbury um whatever Compton it doesn't matter you know all across the world really at some point um and so you know you, you got this maladaptive ad identity formation process um and so one of my goals company goals life goals is to be able to start um making people more aware of how we can pull out some of the maladaptives and put in adaptive strategies especially with the emerging minds the youth you know um so you get the youth, I mean, you get the future. And so you want to develop this, this healing culture, um, this more aware culture. 
and then you want that to be contagious. You want people to be personally responsible, and then you want them to be socially responsible. You want them to pass that along to, you know, their neighbor. And so, um, that is also a large part in an idea, um, a part of the light that lives in the soul of this company. You know, so um, the performance stuff is easy to talk about. The character development stuff is easy to talk about, but you know, really doing that 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 eleventh uh, toe work is is also a part of something that you know we're trying to grow. So that's amazing, man. And uh, also, what you do with the pirates is amazing. You know, I, I feel like every second of the day, we're trying to learn more about ourselves, trying trying to figure out what 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 this earth is, and, and try and learn more about our minds. But um, I, I think, we, like I said, what you do with the Pirates is so important and helps the guys on the field with their performance in immense ways, from, like we talked about, ways that people don't even really get to see on the outside. Um, and I really appreciate you taking the time to explain that to our listeners and our viewers today. Um, but really appreciate everybody tuning into this episode of the State of the Pirates. David Marsh, he's going to be helping us out throughout this season. Um, and make sure to subscribe on whatever audio platform that you're listening to. We also post on YouTube. I'll talk to you guys and see you guys next week.